What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Hello and thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricket and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the ever-expanding Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive and I am joined by my partner in crime, Ricky. A very good evening to you, sir. How are you? <clears throat> good evening, doing well, so I'm okay, yep. There's... there's been a question I've been pondering that's left me a bit on edge the last few days and I, I want to run this question by you and see what your, what, what your answer is. So, <clears throat> what do you think collapsed quicker? <laughs> right, so, was it the Roman Empire? And I don't mean the tribal chief. So, was it the Roman Empire, the Twin Towers, or the, cred- the credibility of WrestleJoy? What do you think collapsed quickest? The quickest. Um, can't really give you an answer to that because that your question implies the third one had any form of credibility. <sighs> Yay! Let's all be happy and positive, but really behind your backs, we'll stab you and say stuff about you. Yay, wrestling's for everyone. Yay, but we'll continue to tweet racist stuff and support racists. Yay. Wrestling's for everyone except Muslims. We're so happy. Look at us pouring our heart out. Look at that. So vulnerable for everyone. We have a literal dinosaur on the roster. We're not racist. How can we be racist? Hey, listen... I am all for positivity in the, the old wrestle, wrestling Twitter. It can be done tastefully and it can be done positively. Prime example being good old Mags. I think he... Oh, without a doubt. Like, I mean, when you listen to his podcasts, he goes, he goes off in folk, right? And it's funny. But see for the main part, and... F- Rest in peace, why we watch. He has done more for the wrestling community than you want to give him credit for. If you want WrestleJoy, you go to Mags, at DEJ Kirkby. But if you want, if you want pandering, groupy behaviour and a front, and if you want something so positive that it can only come across as suspect, if not false head over to WrestleJoy, but you probably won't be able to because they'll probably block you. Yeah, to block us. No, no, not anymore. Oh, really? They blocked us? I, I tried. Like, honestly, my social media activity has basically amounted to put it into the Twitter search engine, Sidgwick. 
Oh, that piece of shit as well. Here's the thing, right? If you genuinely want reasonable people who who do want to look like bring good out in wrestling or highlight good in wrestling, but at the same time, we'll call BS out. You know, people who call a spade a spade here. We've got we've got podcasts on the network that do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like we've got podcasts on this network. A lot of them, all of them, that will will say this is what I like, and I won't hide it. But they're being sincere about it. It's it's upfront. I don't like this company or these wrestlers because of this. I am fed up of that, but I also enjoy this. But I will also call out some of the BS that I don't like in some of that company. And also, you get a different... I think you get a lot of different podcasts on the network, on our network. Um, and like I say, not all of us will see eye to eye on things, but not at we're all, up no. front about it. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Like, we can sit here and debate with people and be like... I don't like this, don't like that. And they'll be like, well, why not? What about this and that? And, and you can go back and forth. But see some of the nonsense you saw from WrestleJoy. Some of the things that you hear people, quote-unquote, AEW stands or quote-unquote, WWE stands or shows, it's just like, ah, it just all you need to be, it's just be honest. And just be like, I don't like this company because of this, or I don't like wrestling that type of wrestling because of this. Um... It's just nonsense. I like to think about tooting our own horn. Like we, we probably lean more to the WWE side of things. I would certainly say you do. Why? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't deny more that. Open to watching other things, but at the same time, there's so many things that happen in WWE that we despise and hate. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that happens in AEW that I like. But at the same time, there's a lot of things I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but that whole pretense that they put on. It's just ridiculous. And funny enough, one of them used to actually be on this network. I know. Well, we'll, we won't go into that side of things, but with what I find bizarre about it is it's the the attempts to be all-encompassing for a positive wrestling Twitter atmosphere. But let's be honest, see if they just call themselves the unofficial number one AEW fan club. It wouldn't. It wouldn't That's be. It. it wouldn't as. It wouldn't great as much as it does. But trying to make out as if it's everything that they love everything, that's hard to stomach because it was just the, the positivity felt so forced, so disingenuous. When and I won't name names here, but someone that I know has mentioned recently that on the WrestleJoy's Discord, that if you dared criticise AEW, it was a sort of right let's get this prick you just get hounded for that if it was uh, it, I know really no that's not the worst thing that like okay right Shanna is a piece of shit that, that seems to be forgotten about Shanna is a piece of shit right for a start uh, the yep. big time the, the wrestle joy people um whether they're both on board with those sentiments or not, it's still well, the husband is. It, it's no, I mean if they're both the the double actor on board, if that makes right. sense. 
No, I know, I know. Well, the husband, he's the one that liked the tweets and and whatnot. Yeah, growing about. Yeah, I went to a school that's primarily black and Muslim. So, I have several black friends. It doesn't mean that deep down I might not be a racist. You know, big deal. I, I always thought that about you, to be honest with you, Ricky. <laughs> but that's the thing, you could be surrounded by, by by people that are not the same race or gender as you or whatever persuasion and you are not on board with them. That doesn't prove anything. But the worst thing, the worst thing that I saw, and I really actually hope it was fake because when this all kicked off and no doubt said person was getting lots of feedback negative on their Twitter, they said... I actually empathise with at Joey Ryan online right now. Can you believe that? You sympathise with someone who quite clearly is racist or an Islamophobe, Islamophobic and a sexual predator. And this is the same people that spread quote-unquote positive joy. Absolute nonsense. If you, see the see the Shanna thing, like that's just indefensible. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. In being a Muslim myself, where where is the and we're kinda of getting political, but where was the where were the tweets or or the passion when let's just see when I can't remember that idiot's name, but the Charleston Church massacre took place, or when it was Oklahoma bombings and stuff. So when the white supremacists do it, or oh, the New Zealand thing you're talking about, uh, yeah, uh-huh. why not close the borders to white people? Or why not close the borders to I don't, Chinese people? Or why not close the borders to Americans or whatever? So you paint everyone with the same brush when it comes to Muslims. But not about other things. Ah, I never, I never thought of it like that. We'll, we'll disregard the 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 the, the, the French Muslims who do so much for that country, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's so many, like quote unquote famous people. Um, in France who are Muslims that are quite probably known all around the world um, a lot of footballers yes. uh, Pogba, Paul Pogba being one uh, I could go on for days about um, different uh, French people who are Muslim um, you know so it's it's crazy I think when you look at like for instance I'll use a football example like that France squad is littered with a lot of Muslims in it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so, but we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll forget about that. You know, like, that's the problem. Like, it, when it, we will paint certain people of ethnicity or certain religions with the same bad brush, but we won't do it for other things. So, yeah, those tweets, can't defend them. People who are defending those tweets, I fully get when people say that uh, we can't lose the like the, the right to free speech. 
completely agree with that. Unless your free speech is about spreading hate. Okay. Now, if you're out spreading hate, you shouldn't have free speech because it doesn't matter who it's against. If you're spreading hate, you're spreading hate at the end of the day. You're, 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 um, like, you may not be directly doing certain things, but you're indirectly telling people to react to other people a certain way. And you could be encouraging people to go out and commit acts of violence. I'm not. I... For instance, like, Donald Trump may, may not go out and pull the trigger and stuff, but his tweets and his language and the way he speaks and the things that he says. Rad, like builds that fan base up to go out and do stuff. The same with right wing, same with even if you want people from the left, exactly, stuff like that. So it doesn't matter who you are, but if you're out spreading hate, you should lose your right to free speech. That's quite a, a strong strong opinion because I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm disagreeing with it, it's just a lot of people cherish that privilege of free speech. I, yeah, I, I, I cherish it as well, but I also think that if you're out spreading hate and, and going out telling people that these people are bad people all of them are bad people and it's like well hold on a second like can't you try and be a bit positive can't you say look <clears throat> we need to maybe tighten our checks or whatever but not everyone is like yeah. that but rather than saying we need to we need to we need to we need to control the border but better like vet a lot of people and whatever but we'll just ban all muslims from coming into the country like, I'm not saying we get rid of everyone's free speech, but if you're out there spreading hate, well, how about you try doing it the other side? Mm-hmm. Why don't you try being positive and building people up? Don't be fake positive, like those two idiots. Keep it real. The, the next episode will be called The Rick and Clive Race Joy Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, some of the stuff you see on Twitter is just mind boggling. And uh, while we're talking about Mags, he get called out for bizarre reasons from Australian people. Unacceptable. What were you saying? Just that I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but it has been made public with Mags, so I don't mind going into a bit of detail that. See the Josh was it the big fish comment? Aye, the big fish. Josh Robinson, you're you're aware of that young chap? Yep. Um, some other Aussie podcasters, content creators were stealing ideas from him, and Mags called him out a long time ago. And then someone, all of a sudden, recently, wanted Mags to be cancelled because he's got uh, this guy has a big fish to catch. Ah, oh, right. I didn't take it. I thought just initially reading Magsy's. Well, Mags was accused of bullying because he, he stood up for Josh Robinson. Right. I initially just reading Mags' tweet, I was a bit like, wait, like, it almost sounded like you were taking offence to it. And I was like, to me, obviously not knowing the story at the time, I was like, wait, someone's playing you a compliment, like, you're a big fish. And I, I regard him like a big part of wrestling, certainly Why? other wrestling interaction. A lot, he, we have a lot of people we both follow and we interact with one another. I just thought it was... Like he was a bit like, no, no, like I'm just, I'm just here, like having a good time, kind of thing. I don't need to be called. I didn't realise it was like, you know, that basically people were calling him out for mm. no apparent reason when he's genuinely one of the coolest, most down to earth guys you'll ever meet. Not as cool and as down to earth and as awesome as Tolly, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I, I'll be honest, I take offence to a lot of Mags' tweets, but that's a, another story for another day. Mostly when take it revolves around... Mags full stop. Uh, mostly when it revolves around uh, tweets about roast beef. I'm just like, that's disgraceful. But Will we talk some wrestling? You I don't? Do. <laughs> do you want to just talk about Mags for an hour? No, I'd rather talk about Tollies for an hour. Then we can do a, a Tolly quiz. Ooh, that would be good. In fact, do you know what would be awesome one day if we I see if we had the two of them on and you like you done a quiz and you basically quiz Mags on Tolly and vice versa. Oh what just is, how much you actually know about one another. What is that quiz show called? Is it Mr. and Mrs. or something like that? I'm not sure. There's a quiz show where it's like spouses spouses go on uh and like one spouse does the family fortunes gig and hides in a booth with headphones while the other answers questions about them. What's right. that called again? Um no idea. I'm pretty sure it's called the Mags and Tolly experience. <laughs> M- MTX. Hey, I know you, I know you don't want to, but let's talk some wrestling for a wee while. Let's do it. War Games, another War Games is in the bag. It was obviously a lot different compared to the last three years with no crowds. I think there was enough, uh, in particular, I uh, just want to touch on this. First and foremost, I'd put a column out last week talking about my love for War Games and just that I'm a basic, basically a War Games mark. And it is coming out parties. It's mm-hmm. been a coming out party for people regularly, like Viking Raiders, Rhea Ripley, like undisputed error themselves when they first came in, twenty seventeen. But this year, yep. Raquel Gonzalez, my word, she put in a hell of a shift that night, uh, and she ended up getting the the pinfall as well. I, my, I'm very hot and cold with Dakota Kai. She's in that place where she's a heel, and it's easy for me to hate her. So, uh, like, I'm, I've not got much investment in her. Raquel Gonzalez has been quite quiet on the, the sidelines, but over the last wee while she's pitched in really well. Had a banger of a TV episode with Rhea Ripley. But this episode, like, there's been a lot that's mentioned about the Women's War Games. Candice's arm injury, brought about by herself, might I add, for some badly telegla- telegraphed chair putting up for the senton from Shotzi. But, and uh, Io Shirai's bin lid uh, trash can stuff mm-hmm. but Raquel Gonzalez had an absolute belter of a shift uh, powerhouse to the point where when Rhea Ripley came in it was a big deal because someone could finally deal with her just another it's another another coming out party another person that's added to the list of coming out parties and I think the way it played out obviously with Io Shirai being the person who took the pin and even if it's a TV one, probably going to be this New Year's Evil that they've got, the start of January. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, I'm down with that. She's done well. Still got a bit of work to do in the mic. But in terms of in-ring powerhouse, she's got it going on. What have, what have you, we've not really spoken much about Raquel Gonzalez. What are your thoughts on her? Uh, no, I agree. Um, now, I know you're saying it was like a coming out party for her uh, definitely agree I thought she looked absolutely excellent um, that match just kind of 
re-enhanced my belief that I was like, Rhea Ripley's so good. I know. Like, I think... Like, I don't necessarily need her in a title picture yet. Again, because I know she's obviously was in at the start of the year kind of thing. Uh, for the first half of the year or so, you would say. Um, but I would certainly like to see her continuing in high-profile feuds and just continue to win and then eventually getting back into that title feud. I think her and Raquel Gonzalez, that could be like two, two fe- female version of two horses going at it. Um, so I'll be all on board for that. The overall match itself, like, thoroughly entertained. Thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. Um, my only slight gripe is the Eel Shirai spot. Um, <laughs> but it ties into everything I say about that at that spot is that too many times people are just kind of labouring around, looking around and waiting for it to happen as opposed to, and I say it time and time again, as opposed to doing what Zach Gibson done. Yeah. Um, you know, so it just, it that's the only small gripe I had about the entire match itself. Overall, I felt it was awesome. I felt it was really, really good. Normally, I'm not a fan of watching the, the champion take a pin, especially when there's like a, there was three other women there or seven other women that could have taken a pin. Um, but I suppose that could lead into Yoshirai versus uh, versus um, Raquel, uh, Raquel. Raquel, Raquel Gonzalez in whether it happens next or not, we're not sure, but you know, we may might find out a little more tonight. Um, but yes. I wouldn't mind that. Even, even if it's just a, I don't want to say like a filler feud, but even oh, if it's aye. just to kind of see how she does. Um, aye, a TV episode title match is fine. No problem there at all. Yep, yep. No, I I, I, I agree with that. Even if it's not, even if it would do take out to like a, a takeover, um, I'm happy with that as well. Um, <laughs> that's it. I don't necessarily expect her to win the title, but it's certainly, you know, we can, we, I look forward to watching that match. Um and just seeing how it fares, but I would like to say is I'd really like to see her and Rhea Ripley kind of go at it. I think that could be really, really fun to watch. They had I can't remember what what TV special it was. It might have been the Great American Bash or Halloween Havoc. Rhea Ripley and and uh, Raquel Gonzalez have locked horns recently, and I remember people were singing its praises very much so after the fact, but. I just I was uh, more enamoured with other stuff that happened on that night in particular that it sort of fell by the wayside for me personally so I would like to see them go at it one more time uh, you know how Rance and I Rance Morris and I feel about the booking of women's cage matches in NXT I'd love to see Rhea and Raquel go in in a cage match that would be excellent but the mm-hmm. I know what you're saying about the when they're all waiting to waiting for the big drop yep. but I think it was worse in the men's match because I mean Pat McAfee was right up the top for his swanton yep. he was up there for ages, fair play to the guy this is all new to him he's got the character work down to a T he's, he puts many people to shame with his mic work and just just owning the screen owning the camera uh, 
more than so people who've been in promo classes in the performance centre for years haven't got a fraction of what Pat McAfee can offer on the on the screen and the mic and stuff like that and he does all the flashy moves well but I can understand why he was a wee bit tentative and took his time and made sure everyone was lined up but things like that take it take me out of it just to, it's just a small over the years I've learned to not be annoyed as much with things that happen in wrestling but when they're all just standing there literally waiting it's just like oh, what are you doing do you know what I mean it was a cool spot not the best spot of the night I mean the, the last minute literally 60 seconds of the match a bitter end from Pete Dunne to Adam Cole onto a, a propped up chair and then there was pinfall after pinfall and finisher after finisher for the last minute it was just chaos where you literally didn't know where the pin the winning pin was going to come and just also frantic where you were actually your shoulders were hunched up thinking what the fuck has just happened to you so I want to give a shout out and start a prayer circle for both Adam Cole and Dakota Kai for their midsection and neck um, respectively because there were some brutal chair chair spots that those people and ladies and ladies and janitors took it was brutal stuff and the special yeah that um, the eclipse eclipse oh Oh. lord I absolutely love that finisher that was That's one of the best finishers in wrestling. I absolutely love. It's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I pretty much agree with your entire assessment of the men's. Um, you know, credit Matt, Pat Pat McAfee. Um, that swanton and just like you say, it, it, I can understand nerves and just making sure he wants to hit it and stuff like that. But it, it does kind of take out the moment. Um, and like he's done well. So far, like they have, he hasn't what you would call like wrestled like a traditional way in a sense. Like he's an mm. athlete, so he's able to like fly around and do certain things. Um, and the promo stuff, like so far, so good. Which I want to see as it continues, just to see, you know, are you able to maybe change it up a little? You know, can you keep it going? Can you keep it fresh? You know, kind of thing. So so far, so good. Mm. Don't have any complaints about him as yet. And obviously he turns up. Uh, I think it was like the following day, or on his on his show, and he's got the neck brace on and stuff. <laughs> so it's just, it's just it's just wee things. I know it might look stupid and all that, but it's just wee things like that. Like I'm like, do you know what? I quite like that. You know, I like I like that you're committed to it. Um, so yeah, like I say, like I don't have any complaints specifically about Pat McAfee. I think for what he's what he's been asked to do and what he's done, it's it's a it's a, it's a really really good start. Um, you couldn't have wanted more from him, to be honest. But let's like say um, in a few months' time, hopefully, it kicks on and and you can start to see him do different things. Whether it's going to be whether it becomes a fixture in the NXT or is this just a kind of like um, a short-term feud that kind of thing he's involved with undisputed era? I'm not entirely sure, but certainly looking forward to looking forward to watching him every single week now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last week on TV. He's, he's, he's got the whole new people stick down to a T, but he was talking about the fans and their dumb mothers. He didn't even attack the fans, he was attacking their mums. I thought that's just that's a new low. Yep. But the, 
what I found recently with this whole the Kings of NXT thing, when it was Bertrand Lorcan, Lorcan was the, the the sort of charismatic one, the nutcase. But see, since Pat McAfee's come along, Danny Birch is having the time of his life. He's thoroughly in He's like, you can see him, he's mouthing away during the promos, keeps going, and then he's just... You can tell he's just enjoying himself thoroughly. It's a joy to see. But another thing that was a joy to see, and I didn't think I'd be saying this come May at the start of the year. Eh, my start of the year. May is not the start of the year. The strap match, Ricky, is becoming a very fun favourite gimmick match of mine, and that's down to a common denominator in NXT this year, Dexter Loomis. The strap match, uh, the match with Roderick Strong at the Great American Bash, I thought it was really good, and the match with Cameron Grimes this week, or TakeOver War Games, also really good. I really like how the weapon can be used as can be used to hinder an opponent, an opponent, as well as be hindered by an opponent. There's a claustrophobic feel to it. There are, there are occasional violence that can be coming out of nowhere because of just the sort of snap torque action that you get with these straps. And it, it suits Loomis's gimmick down to a T where you can't escape him, whether by stair or by strap. And Loomis has picked up more W's this year than Joe Biden did at the start of the uh, start of November so <laughs> um, they, they obviously think highly of Dexter Loomis he's not, a, he's not a character who I believe needs titles around his waist but he's an attraction definitely an attraction and I would be more than happy to see both strap matches with him in the future Well, that was quite I, a side there. No, 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 sorry. No, I enjoyed the match as well. Uh, I like Cameron Grimes a mm. lot. It's good fun. Very good fun. He, he is, he is. Um, and, and what you say is about Dexter Loomis, um, kind of uh, where you can't get away from him. And, and as soon as you're strapped into him, like, that's it. Like, you, you literally, you have no choice but to fight. Um, absolutely, like you say, it ties in to kind of his gimmick and kind of like the way he's been portrayed. Uh, like I say, I, I, I thought the match itself was really, really good. The build wasn't that great, I must admit. wasn't a fan of the build to the match. Right. Um, but the match itself was executed very, very well. Uh, I mean, even I even just loved the way you know Dexter Loomis way he puts the strap on and like it almost like gives away the the demeanour impression. It's like now you're fucked, you know. Kind of like <laughs> tying into the fact that you can't get away now. You 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 have to stand there, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I thought the match was was pretty well executed. Um, no real issues with it. I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah. Um, and obviously. We got a a thingy, um, the carrying cross, uh, yes. potential teaser thing, um, maybe to, to his, for his return. Do you know? Even though it was a, it was a vulture, wasn't it? Yep. I, for some because of what had been happening. And we'll probably touch on this a wee bit later, but the carry on. Thought it was Sting. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on a minute. Surely not. 
Uh, but when you saw the Vulture and I thought that's quite apocalyptic picking at the uh, carcasses and all that that's going to be Killian 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 Dean uh, Carrion Cross Killer Cross and it was so it'll be interesting to see what goes forward with that one I imagine he will come straight for Finn Balor surely oh he has to he has to like nothing else is acceptable and he's got. Let, he's, let's have a bit of story on continuity here. Mm-hmm. He's also got a genuine gripe with Finn Balor because Killian. Carrion <laughs> 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 Cross uh, had to give up, had to relinquish the title because of, uh, ironically enough, the same injury that Finn Balor had yep. when he won the uni, uni title. Uh, and he had to give it up because he couldn't wrestle. Finn Balor hasn't wrestled since that match and that was the last takeover. That's been quite some time since Finn Balor has wrestled, never mind defended the title. So in terms of even backstage, never mind kayfabe, uh, Karrion Cross has got a a genuine gripe. So I think that makes the most sense going forward. Yeah, it has to. That has to be the first thing you're coming back to. Aye. I say nothing else should be accepted. And at the moment, I've been a bit off Twitter today because, uh, bizarrely, working from I've started working from home and I feel more more busy than I did in the office. I hope my boss isn't listening to this, but it'd be funny if she was. The, uh, there's nothing. The only thing that's been advertised for NXT this week is Finn Balor, and traditionally, traditionally the the first Wednesday after a takeover, there's not much known about what's going to happen in that episode and usually the first segment is some sort of promo or multi-wrestler segment that sets up either matches for that night or matches going forward for the next weeks slash months would not be surprised if Karrion Cross made a very quick appearance or even if it was a video during Finn Balor's in-ring promo and I don't know there's no, there's no information on what the next takeover will be, they've They've stayed away from the big four the last couple of times as well. So could be it's anyone's guess as to when the next takeover is, but Karen Cross is coming back. I'm happy about that. Same. Your thoughts on Now this didn't affect me at all because it was the outcome I desired, but your thoughts on um Maggie Thatcher picking up a loss at takeover this weekend against Champa? I like Thatcher a lot I thought the match was good I thought the match was I thought it was really good actually um, the Thatcher's ear was ugh. aye that's um, suspect isn't it yep uh, one of them obviously had to lose um and I, you know, it feels like it feels like it was a long time ago that Champa picked up like a significant win. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess when you when you think about it, like I don't want to see Thatcher losing. You know, which is a lesser of the two? Which would hurt you? Le- which of the two? Can you can you accept more, you know, a Champa loss or a Thatcher loss? And I guess 
I guess the way they went is fine. Um, but like I say, it's, it's important that Champa did get a, a big win. I agree. It feels like it feels like he's just kind of been, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it's just not the role we've been used to when it comes to Champa. See, you're absolutely spot on, but what has been the, the modus operandi for NXT for the last few years is you have a you have a character arc in NXT, you do well for a while, you get a couple of spotlight takeover matches and then you go for the title. You win it, you lose it, you go up to the main roster. It's becoming more common for wrestlers to not want to go up. So that's why we've got the likes of Champa, Gargano, Cole, specifically Cole, not involved mm-hmm. in the titles anymore because it's just a, it's what's going to happen in the main roster. You're not always going to be the main event and it's something you have to true um, accept. So... Mm-hmm. I, like I agree, it's not the Trampa we've been used to, and with Trampa being a favourite, I want him. I want the best for him. So that's why I didn't have an issue with Trampa winning. Another reasons why I didn't have an issue is I think I said a few weeks ago, the the Thatcher's Thatch can stuff. I literally skip it. I've got no interest in it. Which, as you pointed out last time. It's strange for me because I do enjoy that grapple style, the the Greco strip. But it's just something very boring for me for Thatcher. I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. Having said that, I did enjoy this match. And I was surprised that I enjoyed it, to be honest with you. Um, Champa's sort of sadistic sadistic side came out where he'd had an ankle lock in while slapping Thatcher about the place. And I enjoyed that visual. Gave a different feel to Thatcher's matches. Um, as you said, the the bloodied ear as well. Um, so all it, was, all... it it seemed to be it matched. They worked a little snug as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Aye, which was good. I'm I'm more surprised that Thatcher lost clean to Kushida a couple of weeks ago more than uh, losing to Champa this week. Mm-hmm. That that caught me more by surprise. I wonder what they're going to do moving forward. Do we do we do we do we do this again? Do they move on? Um, the thing with Thatcher is, I almost wonder that if you're going to kind of do a complete U-turn on Thatcher, the wee dumb and Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. I think it might just take you some time, make, take you some time to it get might. used to the way he works, and 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 you, and you start to grow to him. I think that's possible. But I, I mean, even the well loaded uh, fight pit match that he had with Riddle, it just you you know me, Ricky. That's not that kind of stuff. Isn't really my cup of tea. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I even like ugly wrestling. Like mm-hmm. prime example, Naito and Jay White at the start of the year. I love that gritty, nasty, like sort of unpolished. Yep. Graps. And I, I, and yeah, I agree with that. Actually, and, and, and another one you can get used to, uh, kind of talk about was um, uh, who was it? Uh, we always liked. I don't know if it was was it 
Ronda, Becky and Charlotte, even though the ending was messy at times, like some of it for me should look like unpolished. Some of it should look like ah, that doesn't look very clean. Like you want it to be like we hate one another, it's a frenzy, we're just attacking each other, we're just throwing bombs and you know, we're just desperate to get hands on each other and we're not like concerned about mm-hmm. making nice clean contact. We're just 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 we're just trying to lay into one another. It yeah. gives that real fight feel in a sense to it like don't get me wrong I absolutely love watching crisp beautiful wrestling oh of course nothing better but I think when sometimes certain matches and certain certain occasions call for that whole like that looks un, it looks really messy but it should look messy because like you say it's just a pure frenzy to get the hands on each other yep and I, I don't want to give this guy plaudits but um, that was one of the things I enjoyed most about Joe Coffey's performances, it was as the, he himself would say, that it was gritty, not pretty, and I enjoyed that element of his stuff no longer, obviously. Fuck Joe Coffey. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't know, it's just like all this praise that Thatcher got, and it was a big shock when he signed, and he came on to TV very quickly. And was in, in quite a decent sort of role as a replacement tag team champ as well. Oh, that's right, yep. But when they turned heel, it was just... Mm, I'm not feeling this year. But... Maybe you just need to give it a bit of time. Maybe. I did enjoy the Champa match. That could be the bias there with Champa. I'm happy to hold up my hands with bias there. I'm trying to think... Yes, we've got one match left, and while I've been a bit iffy with the build to this, that triple threat match for the North American title was sensational. Fantastic! <laughs> no. just another, just another match to add to the already grown list of extremely good North American title matches. <laughs> I know. How the network's been doing these best of things since mm-hmm. COVID started. They need to do a best of North American title matches because there's been so many good ones. No, I agree. And even the start, it just starts off like just bedlam from the get go. Mm-hmm. Leon Ruff gets um, was it border toss, border toss into the into the. I keep calling it the railings, obviously not the railings, like the barricade stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I thought Gargano was excellent throughout the match as well. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think um, Damien Priest, every single time I see him, I, I, I like him that little bit more. Aye, yep. Um, and obviously, Austin Theory um, being Wanker. revealed as one of the, the ghosts as well. I wish he was a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> you wish he was dead. Bait well, that's kind of how... It... See, every time I hear Ghostface, I just expect someone to say Ghostface Killer. Yeah, that's true. Um, I actually had Leon Ruff down to win the match, if I'm honest. Um, I don't really have an issue with him not winning it. Um, just because I felt like I felt like he'd done well in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we had Ransom and we were talking about how all of a sudden he went from jobber to winner. I was like, yeah, I still didn't get the impression that he was like a spare part in this match either. I felt like he'd done what he was supposed to do as well and I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, like I say that's another good match. Um, but not necessarily at the top 
all the North American title matches, but it was still still a good 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 match though. Oh, I I think even with two war games matches and which I thoroughly enjoyed the strap match, it, it still it still garnered enough attention from me. Well, this is great shit. All right, good work, great Definitely. match. Such good shit, pal. So there's, there's, I mean, there's, there are so many elephants in this room. It looks like uh, one of the deleted scenes from fucking Night at the Museum. (laughs) (laughs) Elephants in the room. They're not even elephants in the room. AEW had a busy, busy week. Yes, they did. Yeah. Baby, I can't see your camera anymore, just so you know. All right, okay. Uh, right, it might come on shortly. Or maybe my camera's thought, look at the fucking state of that. I'm waiting for the sort of, no, no, don't be daft. Well, I can't see you, so I don't know what you look like. Now. <laughs> I just thought you meant because I had my glasses on tonight. You're looking handsome. I always look handsome. Oh, Christ. Uh, right. Honestly, I'm kind of happy. No, 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 no. I'm I'm happy that... Uh, in fact, do you want to give your thoughts on last week's big episode first? I enjoyed the match. I felt it was a really, really good match. Um, I know the whole winter is coming, like, was that Game of Thrones or whatever that's supposed to be a play mm-hmm. on? By the way, let me just clarify this, right? I just want to, I just want to clear something up. It was, it was what, like, five, six degrees or something over in Florida, Jacksonville last week, was it? Mm-hmm. That's, that's fucking tops off. We walk about with Top. our tops off over here with right. that weather. That's tops that off. That is not cold at all. That's tops off tits out weather. That is, exactly. I'm sorry, guys, right? Maybe it's because, you know, you've got the sun constantly and it's always quite, um, it's always hot and et cetera, et cetera, and the humidity, et cetera. So you might think that's that's cold. That's not cold. That's like just a normal day over here. That's us walking about in shorts and vests over here. Aye. And Rick and Clive t-shirts only available at ProWrestlingTees.net. Yeah, sir. And if you don't want a Rick and Clive t-shirt, you can get a Keeping It Strong style or a One Nation Radio or a Social Suplex one on Pro Wrestling Tees. You can wear that out if you want in the six degree weather over here. <laughs> six degrees yeah, from Kevin Bacon. I just want to clear that up. That shit ain't cold, right? I know. Um... I thought the match lived up to the hype. I know some people had an issue with the whole microphone thing. Oh, um, who cares, man? Fucking like, if if the microphone was the final like nail in the coffin, I'd be a bit like, really, like oh, it's just a microphone. Come on! But he followed up with like forty V triggers and then the one winged angel. So it's like he's talking about. And on top of that, he took so many uh, V triggers throughout the match anyway. So, the match itself, I thought, was really, really good. What took place after it, with Don Callis and Ken Omega and Don Callis running out saying, tune in to Impact, which was last night, to find out. And I watched 
I didn't watch Impact. I watched the first minute, and then it wasn't until the last ten minutes Kenny Omega and Don Callis done their sit down kind of interview with Josh Matthews. Thought it was good. Thought Don Callis came across really well. Thought Kenny Omega came across really well. I liked how they ripped off John Moxley's like um, name off the title and put Omegas on it. I don't like how Omega made reference to Ambrose and tough enough in WWE and how Callis says like you're a Stanford Stooge or whatever it was. It's like I've never liked and it's not because I'm going after WWE. I didn't like him when Triple H turned around and says that pissant company. I'm just like, do you know what? Stop Focus it. on yourselves. Stop giving them publicity both ways mm-hmm. and just worry about yourself first and foremost. I thought the promo last night, that segment, I thought was really, really good. I was really intrigued by it. Looking forward to seeing what happens tonight on Dynamite from it. They've always implied that two things, that there's a, a traitor within the AEW roster or someone who could be defecting. They've also implied that Kenny Omega is basically just going to go around and start collecting belts, um, which I think could be pretty cool. So I'm excited for it. I'm really looking forward to it. I think if this angle doesn't achieve anything, what it did do was it brought intrigue, at least to Impact and Dynamite, that little bit more for a week or so. Um, For me, it's a win-win for AEW, like they've got nothing to lose here like they are the quote unquote the big, the big dog at the two of them they'll call the shots mm-hmm. and Impact just basically will get a little additional ratings booster just because they get to associate with AEW like it, it could possibly help them mm-hmm. um, if we're going to get some sort of like cross promotion matches Kenny Omega versus Rich Swan could be great um, the North and I was, I was actually messaging Rick Rich earlier on, I was like, the North versus anybody. And he was like, yup, yup, give me that. And I'm like, I'll take that all day long. Um, so it's certainly, it's interesting. And I think, I'm just, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. But I will say this, people need to stop saying wrestling companies need to work together. Because what you, what you should say is, AEW should be working with companies and WWE should be working with companies because AEW and WWE wouldn't work together mm-hmm. because it's bad for business from a WWE perspective first and foremost because they are the number one company but at the same time they're not stupid enough to be like wait they're a threat to us and they are our immediate they're already, the moment AEW began they were the sec- second biggest company in in North America, and probably shot to number three, maybe even number two, just because of what a uh, company in the world, just purely because of the amount of eyes they would have brought in from different places. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so they won't ever work together. That's just that's ridiculous. Because in WWE's eyes, why would we give you the free publicity? Because we would help you. Potentially, so much more than used would help us. Just, just looking at it like when it comes to the ratings and in the stats of the company, etc., and all that nonsense, right? So I get why they wouldn't want to work together, and I get why AEW might want to clamour to do it, and whatever. But at the same time, like a lot of things, you know, networks need to agree to it and all that nonsense, right? But at the same time, like I hate, I absolutely hate it 
when fans turn around and say, oh, they're scared of them, or they're scared of them, it's like, oh, well, we need to do it for the fans. It's only to do shit for the fans. Like, <laughs> I mean, they are competing businesses. Do you think Costa Coffee and Starbucks are going to get together and say, let's create a super coffee because we should do it for our customers? Well, no, because Costa's coffee is pish. But that's another story for another day. Do you day. know whose co- who's coffee's worse? And I don't like coffee, but I mean hot chocolate. Cafe Nero's, the reason why that company's going bust, that is terrible stuff. But you know, it's like Coca-Cola and Pepsi deciding to work together. It's like, no. It just doesn't happen. The only time that I've saw like direct rivals kind of uh, trying to work together or whatever was when Burger King tweeted something out about McDonald's. But this was during uh, the August Eat Out take out to eat or whatever it was mm-hmm. that uh, Rishi Sunak done um, and Burger King tweeted out basically go please go to McDonald's help each other and then just they had a wee tongue and cheek comment at the bottom but don't worry the Big Mac's not as good as whatever the hell Burger King make Whopper the Whopper so it's like, like remember like these come say what you want but they're, they only care about profit and, and yeah. their own company they don't want to build other people up so they're competing against one another so that's why we'd always say like as much as we want it they owe us nothing really mm-hmm. um, but like I say I'm really really excited to see how this is going to play going forward and I'm looking forward to it and if it's a case of Kenny Omega basically jumping from, around from company to company try to collect all these bells then yeah I'm on board I'm on board with that like I just don't see AEW though signing up to this if there's a possible match happening mm-hmm. where it, where their champion is pinned that just isn't going to happen I know. Well, but I'm looking forward to it I've got a lot of different thoughts on what happened last week and it's possibly because I've not seen it <laughs> so <laughs> like, as you know I've not really like I don't tune in to Dynamite every week it's now in a game and if I've got that wee urge and I think I think what happened last week, three major talking points. Sting returning, the relationship with AEW going forward and the title change from John Moxley to Kenny Omega. I think that's too much for one week because the fact that Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, February was it that he won the title? It was February, wasn't it? I think so. Like, was it Feb? He's been yeah, a, it would have been. Aye. He's been a strongly booked champion. He's defended it on TV. He's been off. Uh, off now and again with... I can't remember. Was it another staph infection? Or was that beforehand? I can't remember. But he's been oh, it was, a, um, remember he was gone for a little bit because... Um, uh, the COVID situation. Aye. The, at the end of the day, John Moxley has been a strongly booked champion. He's beaten big guys, he's beaten small guys, he's taken on MJF, who uh, I thought, like, the way that was going, that was one of those ones where they wrote the story so convincingly that M- MJF was going to win, and he didn't. And the fact that Moxley lost... Is third the most interesting thing that happened on the show? I think that's a bit of a a disservice to Moxley, and you know I'm a bit vocal when it comes to Moxley's attitude to these days. So it's mm-hmm. like 
hold on a minute, you've got the third the third ever AEW World Champion, but that doesn't matter because you're going to AEW are going to be working with TNA and Sting's returned. It's just too much maybe too much in one week. With regards to the the Sting move, literally, like genuinely no opinion, like not even a case I'm not trying to be actively apathetic towards it I've not got anything but I did have a think in a lot of the comments online have been about Sting's ability to wrestle these days and I don't know about you but see a Baron three or four matches Sting's not really known for his in-ring prowess Sting is known for his presence like Sting's best work was when he was hanging in the rafters and hanging about doing nothing. <laughs> aye, doing nothing and just waving a baseball bat about that's Sting's best work now granted they did have some good fun as they had a, a very good time uh, in TNA to be fair and the Joker Sting as well but Sting's most famous work is when he sat in a stand doing nothing so there's no I know there's been reports coming out that he's going to be starting to wrestle there's no need for him to wrestle as a presence alone Sting adds to your product there's no doubt about it. 61 years old or 21 years old, Sting has a presence and I think that'll help them long term. He will probably overshadow whoever he's working with because we've seen that with with um, Vicky Guerrero, Taz, Matt Hardy. These these people, like they're there, they claim to want to help put over the younger talent. But in these people's scenarios, that hasn't been the case. Case in point, Taz is at the front of the camera and like you can hardly see Brian Cage because Taz is in the front of the camera. Vicky Guerrero is chewing the scenery, she's chewing the camera, the screen, the whole lot. And I think she's actually diminished Nyla Rose's impact and aura, or whatever you want to call it. And Matt Hardy has tried to put himself over roughly about 47 times since he joined AEW and about 46 times it's been a failure that's not doing much of a service to the younger talent so I worry for the younger talent because this is, as you know, it's been a a major bugbear of mine for WWE bringing these talent at the behest not even the behest, at the detriment, sorry to the younger talent there's already rumours that Big E's wished upon WrestleMania moment against Roman Reigns has been um, taken over by Goldberg and that's not going down well. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens. Goldberg. Fucking Goldberg. I know, I know. Fucking terrible. Um, but this thing, I just, he's, he's too big a presence to not notice him and I think that won't be I think that's taken away it's detracting I mean it's all for me anyway it's detracted from the fact that John Moxley lost his title um, Impact by the way I saw someone begging Kenny Omega to give Sting a one winged angel it's like you fucking kidding me are you kidding me um, Impact fair play to them Uh more eyes on the products. They do have spikes in interest and popularity, usually around one of their big pay-per-views, and this is an additional spike in popularity. I don't know how much it will do long-term. I don't know what the plans are long-term, but I'm not, like 
apart from the storyline where a ten-year-old was mowed down in a gang match, I've got no beef with Impact. So if it's going to work out for them, then fair play to them. But that's my take on it. To Kenny Omega's actual title when it was overshadowed, um, Sting's presence is is a big deal. It is a big deal. But I think that might be to the detriment of the wrestlers, the younger wrestlers. It looks like he's going to be involved with Darby Allen. Yep. You know what I mean? It's just I, <clears throat> I couldn't care less. It's things there. It's see that's the thing. Like I, I try. Like I'm not just to be a WWE show. It's like oh well, oh, I don't care about thing. I genuinely have no care about what he does. But I just think it's fine. Like it will work for them in terms of if he's a presence. Yeah, but I don't want to see him in the ring. He's not going to have any five star classics. He never has. Uh, Do you know what I mean? It, last thing isn't even that it's AEW's costing. I just, I never grew up watching WCW. Right. Same here. So I wasn't WCW, WCW guy. I love watching TNA slash Impact back in like the mid thousands. Yeah. And Sting was excellent in there. Um, I understand what Sting means to the business, how much a legend is. I always. Despite not being like that bored with Sting, I still always wanted to see Undertaker versus Sting, right? Sting doesn't do anything for me, so for him going to AEW, like, I'm just like shrugging his shoulders. Okay, cool. It's going to help them. He's going to help bring more eyes. I just don't want to see him wrestle, but at the same time, I couldn't care less if he wrestles or not because I'm like, I, I don't know if it, this might be blasphemous, but he doesn't do anything for me. Not even the, like, the whole. Sting versus like when NWO officially became a thing leading up to Starcade 97 like that was special do you do you, in terms of Sting do you because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you went like the full year without doing it really aye just and sitting just in the stand building, and... uh, building up and up and up and up I get, I get that I'm not like I said I'm not far far from it trying to downplay what Sting means uh, nothing. It's just, nothing. It's like not that. your cup of tea at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, like now, don't don't get me wrong. If that if Bret Hart walked up to AEW, I'm like, and he's going to wrestle, I'm like, sign me up for that. Seriously, like, I get. Oh, listen, man, it's Bret Hart. I know, but you you saw him in 2010. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I'm guaranteed Bret Hart can probably put on a better match than like 90 percent of the people out there. I mean, listen. that's probably that's just a lie, right? But <laughs> I, there's just there's certain people who you've got, like, I don't want to say a connection or whatever at the end of the day, but, like, certain people you've drawn to and certain people you love. Bret Hart was one of them. That's fine. Um, guys, like, it's funny, like, Sting wasn't one of the WCW guys, but it was, it was like, Guerrero and Benoit, like, the Radicals, I loved them. Booger T, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, all these guys went to WWE. Uh, no, like, I quite, like I said, I wasn't an avid WCW guy watching stuff, but I liked it. Even Goldberg and WCW growing up, I was like... Aye. Awesome entrance, cool jackhammer, awesome spear. Like, and I don't like Goldberg, but like, I thought, if Goldberg went to AEW. I would say the same thing. I was like, he'll he'll help, just like Sting's going to help. I just don't want to see Sting wrestle. I thought it was really good. Um, this is when Channel Five had some WCW highlights. Channel Five for the UK viewers. Yep. It was Friday night, eight o'clock, and it was just. I mean, there was no rhyme or reason to the chronology of it, but. 
uh, ones that stood out to me were Booker T. He was, even in Channel 5's shitty representation of WCW, Booker T was made out to be a big deal. They always showed fucking Scott Steiner matches, like, constantly, every Friday night. Yep. When he was wearing that, see that sort of steel headdress thing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, in the story during that time was Vince Russo had demanded that Goldberg had to do the streak again in order to, I don't know, fucking like take a stipulation off him, I can't remember, but yep. like, uh, like Goldberg, Booker T and Scott Steiner, those were the, towards the latter, it's funny that you say that because a wee shout out to Mags again. Him and Cy Powell have started a new podcast called Chain Wrestling where they're going to try and do a sort of review of one in particular match or long segment and relate it to the next episode. So they're trying to make a, a chain link fence thing. Kind of like Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. And they talked about Scott Steiner and Booker T in 2000 and that's when that was on Channel 5 and Booker T and Scott Steiner were the big deals. Yep. Um, but before that, WCW wasn't really on my radar. Um, my knowledge of Sting came about from the award-winning Price, uh, far from pricey WWE Network. <laughs> mm. And uh, probably walk culture as well for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got no hate for Sting. I've not got a massive love for him. If he feels he was mistreated by WWE, fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame guys that want to go out on their own terms or want to see. That's why the thing with Taker, like I was always like, it's time for Taker to hang up. I was never one of the people who'd be like, just go already. Like I'll let guys do it on their own terms. If they feel like they want to, I get it, and I get where things coming from. Is like I think I didn't like how that was handled. I didn't like how it went. I want to see. And I don't mind that aspect of it. I said for me personally, I just Sting doesn't do anything for me. Just like when Sting didn't do anything for me going to WWE, and I had this conversation with Sam and Rance on Twitter, and Rance asked, "Was like, what about when he debuted?" And I was like, "I won't lie to you, like it was JBL's call that got me excited when he was started talking about who was the franchise, the icon, WCW champion, IWGC champion, IWGP champion," and I'm like, "It was JBL's call." JBL's call. I was like, "That's fucking exciting." Wait, wait. Like, it wasn't even listening to the crow or nothing. Really? Because my memory from Survivor Series 2014 was when Sting's music hit, there was no commentary at all. Like, there was no more commentary for the, the rest of that night. It fell flat to was, me. No, no, no. It, it hit. So it was, it, what happened was Triple H hits the pedigree and then they were like, who's coming? And then they were like, uh, what was it? Was it Paul Armstrong? Is that his name? Something Armstrong. Scott, Scott Armstrong, and they were like, Scott Armstrong, JBL's like, of course, one, two, Crow hits. And then, and then you see the, you know, the, the vignettes kind of plays, and then all of a sudden, Sting appears, and you hear, you hear Michael going, oh my God, it's Sting, Stinger's here. And then JBL starts talking, that's how that went. That's weird. That must be that uh, thing that I don't believe in called the Mandela effect. Because I, I seem to remember no commentary and the whole thing just fell flat to me for some reason. No. The uh, only time that I remember the commentary went completely dead was Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt and Raw. 
right. in the cage match and the brave yep and that was perfect because you just everybody everybody was just so in tune with Daniel Bryan at that point and you were like, Oh my god, we're caught in the moment. Mm-hmm. But no, JBL and, and Cole definitely did do like a wee intro thing for Sting. I I remember popping more, like a lot more for Sting being the the trophy, the sort of statue thing with Seth Rollins. Yeah. Remember when it was it was like a Seth Rollins appreciation night on Raw? After SummerSlam or something, and then the curtain was revealed and it was Sting. I thought that was excellent, and that's what I mean about Sting being a presence rather than a sort of moving part. Because as we saw from, I, I personally thought the Triple H Sting match before we had interference from the literally dinosaurs in a NW. <laughs> NWO and DX honestly I was so pissed off that NWO came down because I thought wait a minute we've actually got the makings of a a classic here and it never happened because of all the shenanigans but I suppose it makes sense to have NWO and DX down doesn't make sense for Sting to align with NWO that's another story for another day Um, but it is what it is. I'm just looking forward so much to the Sammy Guevara sting match. <laughs> On that note, okay. Would you like a Would you like a quiz to bring us out for the night? Yeah, why not? I felt a wee bit um, guilty for a few weeks ago doing the Marvel quiz for which you were ill-equipped. Yep, and you know, um, my lovely wife sets up a. We've got a homemade advent calendar, so instead of mm-hmm. a, a wee chocolate in the box every day, it's a we've got a wee sort of wooden box of boxes, and each okay. different calendar. One now and again, you've got a couple of chocolates in one box, but mostly it's things like cut cut some snowflakes out of paper do some paper chains so it's like it helps us decorate the house and it's also some family activities and one of them is do an act of kindness so Ricky I have for you tonight a Manchester United quiz (laughs) obviously not an act of kindness then it's the panic now that I have to get this all right Listen, because at least at least with the Marvel one, like my knowledge is so basic. But I'd be like, at least if I got a few, I'd be like happy. Well, oh god, oh no, <laughs> I didn't know this. Right, so I'll give, I'll actually give you a choice. Right, so questions based on players, records, Old Trafford, true or flaw, true or false, and trivia and miscellaneous. So I've not, I've not compiled this myself. This is on a website. But which one of them would you like? Say the options again. Players, records, as in like Guinness records, Old Trafford, true or false, or trivia and miscellaneous. Players. Okay, right. Which player is affectionately known as the king to Manchester United fans? Eric. For the uh, for the listeners abroad, Cantona. Well done. 
Dennis Law was also acceptable. Yeah, Aye. Which two players were suspended for Manchester United's 1999 Champions Roy League? Roy Keane and Paul Scholes. <laughs> I don't think you need to worry, son. Fun fact about that night. Uh, the Bayern Munich night. Or Leverkusen, yep. sorry. Well, Bayern Munich was... Was it Munich? Well, yeah. Munich was 99, Leverkusen was when they beat us in the semi-finals, which was, was that 0-2 oh, oh, or 0-3? Oh, mm. can't remember which one, that was a Hamden one. So, 1999, this was back in the day when carpets were a regular fixture in living rooms over and above laminate flooring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might, I can't remember if it was Solskjaer's or Sheringham's goal, but back in the day when my father smoked a pipe... We all jumped up, jumped for joy, and there was a, a tobacco burn on the carpet for months after that match because my dad had the pipe in his hand and it just went. There you, go. <laughs> there you go. Fun fact for you. Number three. Do you know fun fact about the Leverkusen one? Mm-hmm. Um, the the final was Real Madrid Leverkusen here in Glasgow, Hamden. Uh, my coach at the time, yep. My football manager at the time was a coach for Scotland, like juniors, and he walked into his office on like the Thursday or whatever it was, because this was generally during the week it was done, and found something like twenty-five tickets that he was supposed to give out to his team, which was us, and he hadn't because he hadn't been in his office or in Hamden that entire week. Jesus Christ. I remember, yep. I remember that night, and I was rooting for Leverkusen because I'm not a. I think it was just a sort of underdog. I was rooting for the underdogs, nothing more than that. But when yep. Zidane scored that goal, I literally oh. scream, I screamed like a little girl. Yep. One of the best uh, Champions League final goals of all time. Check it yeah, out. I mean, could be could be the best ever. Like in terms of goals in general, it was a, a screamer. Oh, definitely. The technique on that is just ridiculous. It's his bad foot. I remember watching. I think it might have been Sid Lowe, who was at the game, or was it? I don't know. I remember. It was a journalist that basically says, "I've never watched that goal on TV." He's like, "If I have an inkling that's came on it coming on, I change the channel." He's like, "Because I refuse." Mm. To watch it because I refuse for my memory of watching it live to mm. be tarnished. I, 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 could possibly start. And the crazy thing is, like, it actually, it was full on contact with his foot. Remember Rooney's overhead kick against Man City? That uh-huh. came off his shin. Zidane's was bang off his left foot, and his left foot, it wasn't even like he waited for it to drop down, like swiveled, uh-huh. and he was like, happy. And listen, and, I want to make a correction. Players like Zinedine Zidane do not have a bad foot. Oh, he's just a genius. And see, when you're talking about, they just they connect so perfectly. Yep. Do you remember oh. Van Persie's volley for Arsenal oh, in the FA Cup? Yes, like against that? Charlton. It was a fucking. It was an actual cannonball. It was also Van the, Persie's goal against Aston Villa uh, with us. So day we won the title I in like 2013. Rooney dinks over the top. Van Persie's run onto the ball, comes over his shoulder. And left foot volley in the corner and the thing is by the way talking about Zidane Zidane's a French Algerian born and uh, raised in France he was raised a Muslim by the way I, I did not know that I did not know that Zidane I don't that. know if he himself but his family definitely is right. he's Algerian after all 
it's a Muslim country, so uh, I said I don't know if he's a practicing one or whatever. But Shana, Shana doesn't like these people, so we need to just accept it and agree with her. That's it. Um, but that volley from Van Persie against Charlton, that was disgraceful. No, no. Right, you ready for number three? Yep. David Beckham, now that's uh, someone who our American listeners will know. Prior to wearing number seven for Manchester United, David Beckham wore which number at Manchester United? Two two answers are acceptable, Ricky. Uh, oh my goodness. He never started off as seven. That was news to me when I saw this quiz. Because obviously sevens are a big deal for Man U. Number seven. I believe he wore either 14 or 15. I'm going to give you another chance. Try again. Do you know? No. Hmm. Um, was it a pure out there number? Not particularly. Oh, it was 10. Ah, well done, well done. 10 or 24. Number 4. Now we have discussed this at length. Who scored the winning goal for Manchester United in their 2 1 Champions League final victory in 1999? You can't remember who it was, can you? I know this goal scorer now. Why am I going to get this mixed up? I know that's the thing. Oh my god, I remember them. It was Teddy Sheldon because Solskjaer scored the first one. Oh, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Wait, 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 wait. no, no, sorry. The other way around. It was the other way around. Yep, I'll accept it. Because, because gigs. For the goal, uh, corner from Beckham trickled out of gigs at the edge of the box and he hit the right for his scuff shot that Shernham kind of swiveled down and just put it in. Mm. The second one was a uh, corner again and it's flipped on it and Solskjaer sticks his foot out and sticks it to the top bin. So top, I say top bin, but into the net. The top bin for our American listeners is the, <laughs> it's the fucking upper 90. Um, right, speaking of Teddy Sheringham, there was a Rangers versus like sort of best of the world type thing. Oh, I can't remember. It was like a charity match. Rangers were Gordon Ramsay. Now we all know who Gordon Ramsay is. Yep. Uh, Teddy Sheringham clattered and I mean clattered Gordon Ramsay and Gordon Ramsay went off with one of those things where you have to squeeze squeeze air into them. See the breathing apparatus? He, killed, he actually killed him. Uh, it was quite a special moment and there was another special moment and it was um, Celtic great Stan Petrov's charity match uh-huh. uh, Gabriela Bolnohor had tackled yep. uh, oh shit one of the One Direction fellas I vaguely remember this I can't remember which One Direction fella it was but Gabriela Bolnohor tackled him and he was literally sick after it he vomited the tackle was that brutal 
It might have been that Louis Tomlinson. Louis Tom, that's that Louis Tomlinson. I think he used to. I think he used to be a pretty good player back in the day. Yeah. Actually, you know that in the younger days. I'm sure he actually bought a team. Uh, when he became famous and had enough money, I'm sure he. I can't. It probably was local team. I can't. It was Aye. like I don't know if it was like. I can't remember who it was. But this quiz, by the way, people are going to be tuning off and like used to just keep going off on tangents here. I know we should probably be doing a football uh, podcast going forward. Really. Well, Mag's has got one, and I really want to be on an episode. Oh well, uh, it's been posited, Mag's. If you're listening, takers. Ricky wants to go on takers. I'd love to go on. A football one, even an American football one. Me and Cal and Rans. Nah, Rans can wait. Three man wheeze. Uh, number five. Right, let's let's get. I'm this. starting a podcast with Caleb as well. You're going to be. Doesn't know it yet. <laughs> What's that about? The roast of Caleb Baldwin. Every <laughs> week I bring on someone else. And we just sleep. Oh fucking hell! That's <laughs> that's a. Uh, that's worse behaviour than wrestle dry, Ricky, to be honest with you. I, absolutely, I love Caleb, but... Number five. <laughs> I really do. I think he's a great guy. Which player holds the distinction of being Manchester United's longest serving captain? Twelve years. It's the one and only, you know that? There's a few one and onlys for Manchester United. I know, but this guy is like... Right, so it's Brian Robson, right? Correct, well done. He had the unfortunate pleasure of basically being, as we, we like, Robbo, uh, Captain Captain Marvel. Um, like, he, his unfortunate thing was he basically played with us during shitty years mm-hmm. and was like, and, and unfortunately like, left and retired and all that before we got like really good under Fergie. Mm. Captain, uh, Captain, fantastic. Number six. Which player took the number seven jersey after the greatest ever footballer of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo? It was. This is. This is um. A lot of people might not know this. Mm-hmm. And this is a real. Neither do you, but the sound of things. No, 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 no. No, no. You know who it was? Who? Tell me. I could tell you every single player that's wore it since Ronaldo. It was Michael Owen. Correct. Right. Listen, I I feel as if I'm amped enough to go on Radio Takers as well. Do not ever, ever give me shit that Messi... Is the best ever. That guy's a tax fraud. Okay. <laughs> and Cristiano Ronaldo opens his hotels for COVID patients, and look, was in a. That's. A, a, a sort of, I don't know what the situation was, but he is raising a son on his own. I look. See, the thing is, what you say about Messi and Ronaldo. I. Messi's a one-trick pony. I'll tell you that right now. No, I look, look. Put it like this, right? I think I don't think Ronaldo could do could have done what Barcelona and Messi's done, but I don't think Messi could have done Listen. what Ronaldo's done at Real Madrid. I think they are so different, and I think they are tailor made for certain teams. I know, but I think Messi. I think Messi has 
more natural ability and more to his game than Ronaldo. Uh, 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 but Ronaldo is just a freak of nature that can score goals anytime he wants. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. For anyone who's not clued up on what we're talking about, we were talking about freak of nature and who can do anything. Ronaldo is the Brock Lesnar of football. It's not even that. Like, like people debate who the greatest NBA basketball player is of all time, and consensus is it's Jordan, obviously. The answer and, is and people say LeBron's LeBron's second. Well, the debate between Ronaldo and Messi, like, it legitimately is fifty-fifty. Like, you, you, it's that damn close. Like, Jordan is number one, but. You cannot split these two at I just, all. I just think Messi is a one-trick pony and that he's very good at dancing with the ball and dribbling and nutmegging folk left, right and centre and tripping keepers. But Ronaldo can literally score a goal from a distance of four buses away. Listen, you're preaching to the wrong guy. I, I know, I know. And the answer to your best uh, basketball player is Bill Fuller. Okay? That's it, that's it. Number seven. Alex Ferguson famously kicked a boot at which player injuring his eye? X. David Beckham, correct. Uh, which Brazilian twin brother? Which Brazilian twin brothers played for Manchester United? Rafael and Fabio. Oh uh, yep. Um, number nine. Louis Van Gaal mistakenly referred to which Manchester United player as Mike in a press Chris conference? Mullen. Chris Smalling. Or yep. uh, I would have given you a point if you said Sidgwick. <laughs> One <God. laughs> the press, The players who progressed to the Manchester United first team under Matt Busby were known as... The Busby Babes. The Busby Babes. 10 out of 10. You are a Manchester United mark. Well done. Speaking of Manchester United, 3-2 last night lost in the Europa League. Fucking pathetic. I know. Listen, you and I both, and this is one of those ones you're preaching to the wrong choir here. They have. Oh, you've got it much worse than I've got it right now. <laughs> Listen, see when uh, Neil Lennon took over from Brendan Rodgers, I thought ten in a row is not happening. He's a wrong man. But I have sent you, Ricky, um, that quiz page, and it has all five quizzes, so you can have a wee look at that for the other man new quizzes that are on there. For anyone that's still with us, probably mostly the, the UK natives and perhaps Rab Ropes, who enjoys a bit of the old football, the actual football, thank you for listening. This has been the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network, where you can find other shows, such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Great Match Generator, All Things Elite, 8-Bit Suplex Podcast Wrestling, now... You want to tune into that one because it's obviously been a busy time for Impact, and you also want to tune into All Things Elite with the uh, just the general buzz that's going on about AEW at the moment. And I suppose you want to tune into The Grave Consequences starring Caleb Baldwin since uh, he has issues with us. No, we- he doesn't. Caleb loves us. Listen, for the last couple of Thursdays, I've woken up to rage from him. Oh, I love receiving messages from Kevin. I think he's hilarious. Anyway, you can randomly fight. Caleb texts me just at quarter past four, telling me he loved me, and I was like, "Do you know what? I love- oh, I didn't actually reply back saying I love him." 
What what messages have I received from Caleb recently? Aye, this impatient beast. <laughs> uh, he was un- he was unhappy that I called him a sooner. Actually, he messaged me about that as well. Actually, and then they said set a date for the trivia. Damn it! So I said we're sorting out December madness. Which will the first installment will be next well? week? Sorting out next week the first edition of the the sort of March Madness style best wrestler thing. Looking forward to that one. That was some good shit. Some shocking shocking picks to be honest with you. Has we available... have the Keep It Strong style guys on next week. Yep. Yes. Um, well, I will record them next week to be released the week after. Yep, and I've spoken to Rich as well. We right. need to. Um, Maybe coming on, but he's put his picks on. The problem, the, I just realised when I text Rich, asking for his picks, like, I can't exactly send him any more matchups because, like we say, we wanted someone who had, well, we could have went to Rance, but we wanted someone else who wasn't on the show. But mm-hmm. uh, if now, if the final eight and final four, like, we've got to kind of have someone, we've just got to basically, if it's the four of us, we've basically just got to, someone's got to relent. I know, but either that or it has to be an odd number. But we'll, we'll discuss that off air. Um, in, in caps lock, 5th of December at 3.17am British Standard Time. Name the time and place. Stop protecting the... <laughs> stop protecting the young boy. And I said, I don't care about the young boy. I just want to get other projects sorted oh, before a quiz. No, no, I, I do care about the young boy, but he's like, stop protecting the young boy. I've got no interest in the young boy keeping his title. I just want to get other projects sorted first. By the way, speaking of a young boy, I watched his match. It's been, uh, it was kind of like, a, I don't know if he's going to not want me putting this out, but anyway, he had a match. Quite, I liked it. Um, took a few bumps, so he did. Um, funny enough, there's Caleb just texting me back. And I will say this, Josh. And I mean this in the nicest way possible, right? But you would be a fucking fantastic heel. <laughs> like, and I mean, I, I also, think he would be fucking great. I also mean this in the nicest way possible, Josh. You are no John Juris. Wow. Right. The, the STO Sultan. Uh, we got heavily sidetracked there. Um, see these podcasts that have been mentioning. Head over to applepodcasts.com. Look for Social Suplex and give us a big fat five-star review. Um, I believe that if you log into applepodcasts.com on the Tokyo Dome's Wi-Fi, you're able to give it seven stars, so please do that. The website, socialsuplex.com. You can find these podcasts and the columns, and they can be sent directly to your email inbox if you press the subscribe button. Speaking of columns, I write ones for WrestlingHeadlines.com. I've got the latest instalment of the Wrestling Debate Club with Rance Morris scheduled for next week. Look forward to that one. Um, ProWrestlingTees.net, we've talked about those t-shirts earlier. Uh, We can also have donations. There's a link in the show notes. You can send donations there. Remember, the offer's still there. Twenty. If I make twenty pounds sterling, I will record a half hour of wrestling stand-up comedy, and those people who donate will be sent that link directly, and will give them that for their own pleasure. Um, wrestling Square Circle is a Facebook group where you can find us all, and we're at Ricky and Clive on Twitter, 
And we are done for this week. Ricky, anything you wish to add before we go? No, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to this uh, recording. We're keeping a strong cell next week. Yep. We'll be released in a few weeks' time. Uh, really looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting. I had, a, I had obviously, the first episode will come out. I had a look again at the he matchups. Oh, they're sickening. They're sickening. <sighs> See what it is? That the bottom half of the bracket is just murder as well. Like, that is low deed. And just look at... I, that's difficult. Like, I feel like... I feel like the vast majority of... There's, like, there's this kind of... All, I don't want to say a clear and definitive winner, but there's a winner. Oh. But I think it's... A lot of them are going to be an interesting debate. Yeah. I think the first round with Rance that we had, that's already recorded, was good and it was controversial and it had a few talking points, but the actual matchups that have become yep. in round two, listen, ladies and janitors, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. We, we are in <clears throat> for, and, like, I'm just looking at the potential last matchup of round of the final eight, yeah. my lord. Listen. Just, oh, oh my god. Round two, like, round two itself will be on the 23rd of December. Listen, see if your spouse, if your partner proposes, if, if, like, you're a, a young listener and your parents get you a dog, no, no fucking present is going to be better than the podcast episodes that it drops on the 23rd of December save it for Christmas Day and listen and go what the hell is going on here <laughs> I've got nothing else I've got nothing else I got a bit angry there fuck your puppy dogs for Christmas and fuck your proposals nice I'm done Ricky anything else Nah, just looking forward to this. Looking forward to it. Um, okay. That is all. Just take care, folks. Take care. Shout out to WrestleJoy. All the best in your future endeavours. Good night. <laughs> and Allah bless you. Allah bless you, Shanna. Yes, you racist, Islamophobic piece of shit. Shanna, you are a penchant. End the show. Jeremy's going to kick us off this damn network. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.